That boy's stupid. Alright, welcome to another Indecorous Podcast. Purveyors of fat, farts, and fucked up history join in this futile quest for knowledge. Have a laugh, learn a fact, and try out all our super safe Indecorous life hacks. As always, we have Carlos. This is me. Bobby. Yo. And this week, our special guest, comedian Tom Simmons. Hey, sound like you forgot for a second. <laughs> There's some hesitation there for sure. Hesitation. We'll, we'll, and, and as always, the magic of editing will fix that, my friend. So, uh, and I'm Ian. I'll be your drunk driver through this collision course of nonsense. And as you can tell, very drunk and a whole lot of nonsense on deck. Hey, Carlos, could you add about 15 seconds to that pause? Oh, yeah. It's going to be at least a minute. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. All right. Our lead topic this week, guys. In the wake of the global pandemic, many have chosen to err on the side of caution and hide in the doomsday bunkers. But those are the good apples. There's also a growing number of stir-crazy lunatics with cabin fever that just want to party. In our lead topic, we're going to look into the alternative lifestyles of COVID parties. Trying to get a sound bump here for. Wait, are we trying to say that the Beastie Boys started COVID parties? <laughs> Jesus Christ, let me try. Is this a new conspiracy that's going around? <laughs> Dear this God. is how Adam Yauk died. Is that yeah. how you say his last name? <laughs> it was the original COVID patient. Yes, patient I'm zero. You, dude. They're going back and counting it as a death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got more money. <laughs> it's a very profitable virus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that clip just cost us $50,000. Jeez, no, I don't think it counts because it stopped every four seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. The listeners thought it was a bad connection, but that's just our way of getting around the copyright laws. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. So smart, dude. So yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> so COVID parties are a motherfucking thing, and Bobby D's got this first one. In 2018, Alabama was ranked the least educated state in the country. But now in 2020, they have a chance to turn the tables on all the elites and show the country that they can throw the best COVID parties. <laughs> Students at the University of Alabama reportedly started a wagering game where they would invite one person infected with COVID to a party and everyone would pay $10 a head to attend. And the person that got infected with COVID first won all the money. Wow. Score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, local authorities and hospitals all confirmed that this has been going on and have had hundreds of cases because of this. Wow. Yeah, How'd you like to come uh, in third and not get the money? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and then yeah. the, the other fucking problem, too, is that these COVID tests are taking forever to come back. So how do you know that you just didn't get yours back before everybody else? Good point. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Bribe the person doing the test. Yeah. You know, you old. killed your entire family and you don't even get to walk away with the pot. Jeez. <laughs> and the pot could, could be at least a portion of your deductible. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be one-tenth of your deductible. There used to be a thing that people did when they got chicken pox, where they would have chicken pox parties. 
That's what I've heard. Yeah, that was a thing, yeah. right? Like he just like oh, one of the kids got chickenpox. Let all the other kids get chickenpox, and then you're immune. Yep. Yep. Yeah, until you get shingles when you're sixty. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is uniquely an American thing. Like there are no Ebola parties going on in the Congo. <laughs> There's no parties. Period. Yeah, think. basically. Maybe that's racist. I don't know. I just yeah. assume that they're poor and they can't afford. It's true. <laughs> would you go to one? Like, how much money would it need to be in the pot for you to go to one of these parties? The other thing, though, is that they live in Alabama. So what do they have to live for sort of thing? You know what I'm talking about? So maybe that's the that's part of it. It's like, ah, fuck it. I'm stuck in Alabama. COVID will just make living in Alabama more fun. You know, or, or I, think, shorter. I think I'd rather have COVID than attend one of these college parties. I don't know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah. does not sound like much fun to me. So while some people are attending COVID parties to win a couple of hundred dollars in a hat, Others are doing this for even dumber reasons. Over in Florida, of course, <laughs> a teenage girl died recently after her parents forced her to attend a COVID party thrown by her church where over 100 kids had slept over without masks. What? The premise, yeah, premise was that if all the kids caught COVID together in the church, God would do magic shit. No one would get sick. This was especially wishful thinking of the parents of the dead girl who was a recent cancer survivor and had seriously compromised immune system. When asked why in the hell they did this, the parents simply said, God works in mysterious ways. Isn't that what they fucking always say? Yes. <laughs> you know what doesn't work in mysterious ways? Fucking science and disease. <laughs> yeah, right. Modern medicine. Yes. <laughs> uh they work in very predictable ways that you should fucking follow. I heard about this story. This, this is one of those things where it's like, I'm an atheist, and there's a lot of people that are like, ah, why are these atheists so militant, and why can't you just live and let live? And I'm like, I'm fine with that. But then when these super religious people, they put that shit on their kids, and now the kids are dying. It's like, fine, you be religious, but now you're pushing it on the kid, and now this poor girl is dead because they thought their fucking sky god was going to do magic shit. See, I'm a little conflicted, though, because... If the parents are ultra-religious, there's a decent chance that the kid's going to be, and now we're just kind of helping out with the overpopulation. Right. So you're you're saying good for that. Like, the, these kids all got together, and they all got COVID, and people are dying. Thank God. That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, he works in mysterious ways, Tom. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I love it. I've always loved that term because when it, when it actually when people pray and then it by, you know, just by law of chances, it works out great. They're like, oh, God, he's so great. He's such a loving God. And then when it doesn't work out, it's like, ah, well, you know, mysterious ways. It's, like, <laughs> like, it's just like the ultimate bailout. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same excuse that they use with wife beaters. It's like, yeah, you know, he's usually pretty sweet. And then, you know, when he hits me, he just, you know, he hits me in mysterious ways. But I thought you were too. talking about the shirts immediately when you said it's like wife. Be somehow I thought you were talking about like wife beater shirts. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. I just oh, was well, like, the wife cause... beaters. And I was going to make a joke about, you know, like, you mean the cops? And then you went well, to it anyway. <laughs> The fun thing, too, is that if you get called out for saying that he works in mysterious ways too much, you could just say that it was God's plan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bam, different thing. Different yeah, thing. there's all, all kinds of workarounds. Equally as magical, I would imagine, right? So also, yes. if, if, if when God closes a door, he opens a window. She did win $300 from that hat, that COVID hat. Right? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so uh, Tom can take us on this last one here. All right, so our last COVID party story comes from Texas. It's always Texas, Florida, yeah. and Alabama 
Tri- triple threat of They're stupidity, right? To unify the fucking I'm the stupidest state belt or whatever it is. It's, yeah, it's the axis of stupid. Yes. Our latest COVID party comes from Texas and it played out with a children's book style Curiosity Killed the Cat ending. A 30 year old Texas man believed that COVID was just a liberal media hoax. So he wanted to prove it. So he found an online forum promoting a local COVID party. He attended the party, tried to get infected to prove that that either nothing would happen or he would only get a mild case of the sniffles. And then he died a couple weeks later, but not before confessing his story to the nurses at the hospital. And I'm sure going online and being like, pray for me. I yeah, made a mistake and I'm sorry. There was one just on Facebook recently where the people just put the his statuses in sequence where he's just like, ah, this whole shit's a hoax. And then you're never going <laughs> to get me to fucking wear a mask. And then the next status is like, man, this COVID shit sucks. I can barely breathe. <laughs> and then the last fucking thing is just his obituary. Yes. Yeah. See, now I'm, I'm maybe a little incredulous here because something tells me that we're going to find out that this guy wasn't real or something. This was, this was all just a hoax. And then other people, like even dumber people, are going to use that to suggest that the entire virus is a hoax. This, yeah. this, this has been happening since like week three. Cause I remember joking around about yep. a guy out of Virginia that came through North. He was the first case in North Carolina. He was a preacher saying that it was a hoax and that it was all. Oh bullshit. yeah. And then he yeah. went down to new Orleans and did some like street preaching and crap. And then he, on his way back home to Virginia, he was in North Carolina and he died of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's yeah. I remember hearing about that guy too. Yeah. Like even the one that I mentioned, I, cause I'm also kind of skeptical like Bobby, cause it's sometimes it sounds too good to be true, but I looked it up and yeah, sure enough, there was articles showing and same with the preacher guy that Tom just mentioned. I looked up the article and yeah, this, these are all true. Why do we feel, I'm not going to say you guys don't, but I feel almost no sympathy. I feel for the little girl with it. She lived through cancer a little bit. I have a little, but everybody else I'm like, fucking good you know what i mean I yeah and I, that's kind of i feel kind of shitty about that but i also i'm with like you man justice like finally all the shit that these people have been getting away with for the last three years yeah the, all the stands they've been taking against equality and fucking science nonstop and guns in school whatever it is they're always on the side of fucking shit and there's no consequences for it so something about there being consequences for them is I think I'm with you all the way, man, because even with this last one that we're talking about, the the one that I was mentioned on Facebook, I was looking through the comments of somebody that posted it up and some people are like, oh, I was laughing when I saw the first few posts, but then I saw that this is real and now I feel like I shouldn't feel good about this. I'm like, nah, I mean, this guy got what he fucking wanted. He got what he deserved. His obituary is going to read hashtag own the libs. And, And as a bonus... The liberal media is still sending crisis actors to hospitals pretending to be sick with COVID, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I think I would feel maybe a little bit better about it, but it doesn't seem to be having the desired effect of people that previously held that position coming to their senses and maybe taking it a little more seriously. And for no, whatever reason, it seems to no just No cautionary be, tales, yeah. None. Yeah, yeah, they don't seem to buy into that yeah and the way i feel like even when they had that well the suppose it was supposed to be the big trump rally in uh, tulsa i thought like well fuck it you know what man they want to get infected fuck it let them get infected 
which is good, but ideally it would just be them. But the problem is, and then all these people go out there, then they infect yeah. other people. Right. You know, that's the fucking problem. It'd be great if it just contained itself to fucking idiots, but... Yeah, right. they're going to go in a store with the virus and then scream about their freedoms about not wearing a mask and give it to six other yeah. people. Or their kid is going to play baseball with your kid. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, yeah. yeah. You know, because they're, they're sort of letting Little League start again or when they go back to school or whatever it is. There's a lot more interaction, like you're saying, going on now. So the shit is spreading more. And they're, uh, yeah, exactly. their stupidity threatens us. It'd be great if it was, again, if you could just be like, live and let live. But then, no, if I let you do your stupid shit, I'm going to die. For people that I know might actually get infected. I think I don't get the mask thing. I don't get why, if their COVID has a 1.2% death rate, wearing a mask has a 0.000% death rate. What the, or is it that (laughs) constricting for you? Is you get claustrophobic (laughs) in an elevator and if people can't see your teeth? What the, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. That's actually funny because a lot of the people that don't want to wear a mask actually have the worst fucking teeth. Right. (laughs) The The only thing socially distancing are their molars. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's making like legitimate fours turn into sixes. I mean, it's it's a pretty much a godsend for these people. <laughs> That's why the people yeah. of Alabama want it. They want to have to wear masks. I, I think the bottom line here is we've really got to put a stop to this testing. <laughs> you know? I mean, if we could really slow down the virus, if we don't test. So right. Japan, whatever, right? They they all wore masks and they have like what five hundred deaths. Yeah, and they pretty much beat the disease. South Korea was that way too. So in Japan's case, it is either masks work or maybe having the residue of nuclear blasts and leaks in people has <laughs> helped them evolve to a place where something about their insides fight the disease. So That's right. So, so you know what? You're welcome, Hiroshima. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's the cosplay. I think that with the Asian cultures, they're all about the anime cosplay. They wear masks on their rig just anyway. And then they got the smog to deal with. They were a lot more easy to transition into masks. And they have a very high population of ninjas anyway. So you know, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it was natural. Samurai's ninjas. I mean, there was almost everyone was doing it anyway already, right? I mean, I remember 10 years ago when I'd be working Vegas and you see Asians, especially in the Asian games areas, they would be wearing... <laughs> They wear masks a lot, like a high percentage. Yeah, like they, and so you'd be like, wow, they do. I remember talking to my wife about it and being like, because you'd literally walk back to go into the comedy club to into the improv at Harrah's and the office next to the door where you went into the green room was specifically Asian marketing. So they would be marketing to Asia to get people to come over. And I remember thinking they should do like a Harrah's or a whatever logoed masks so and <laughs> give them to people because they would wear them, they uh-huh. mask wearers. And, it, yeah. and it, oh, I, I, for 10 years, I've thought off and on, why are people not putting their logos on those things? And now I get, now they are as, as we yeah. all need them. America's like, we got to put my logo on there and you know, whatever it is. Yeah. See now, now if you, well, not that there's any shows anymore, but that should have been the merch I was selling back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. you know, and I've never really wanted to visit Las Vegas, but now that I know there are segregated casinos, <laughs> it might be worth it. Yeah, since the 1930s, since World War II. What do you what oh what do you mean by like the Asian games and stuff? Uh yeah, that's Yeah, yeah. Well, they do like, you know, when you go in there there's like the baccarats and the blah blah blah. There's a whole section that's like, you know, where they use like domino type thing. I don't even know how to play those games, you know. <laughs> yeah. They have a buffet there where you can eat bat. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right. Our next segment, this is an awesome one. Last week, the US Supreme Court deemed 
that literally half of Oklahoma was actually a Native American reservation and not even a state. Crazy part about this whole story is that the entire case that was brought before the Supreme Court was all about Chidemo. So it all started with a child molestation case that had shit to do with fucking Native Americans, and it snowballed from there into the most crazy shit that the legal justice system has ever seen. So Bobby's got the sauce on this. Wait, 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 wait. This story is fascinating to me for a lot of things. I don't want to interrupt, but I haven't heard the child molestation part. Me either. I'd, and, I'd heard yeah. of, the, of the Oklahoma and the territory thing, but I hadn't right. heard about the child molestation. And I've heard of Chief Crazy part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ian really has his ear to the ground for any and all Chidemo news. I have a tickler, a Google tickler. It fucking goes off <laughs> every yeah, time. Yeah. That's how he knows when he needs to move to another state. <laughs> All right. So, the, so a strange alliance was recently formed by a pedophile defendant, Native Americans, and legal scholars, and now 50% of the entire state of Oklahoma is disappearing from the U.S. The origins of this story can be traced back to the Trail of Tears and to a child molestation conviction in the 1990s. All right. Getting a little further along. We got to crescendo slowly up. We can't be All preemies right. here. So, the defense attorney is arguing for an appeal for the 20th time pulled off the greatest legal hat-trick of all time and successfully argued that the state shouldn't have legally been able to convict their client of child molestation because it occurred on a Native American reservation and not within the state boundaries. This case got escalated all the way to the Supreme Court and in a jaw-dropping move, the justices sided with the pedophile and declared that half of Oklahoma should in fact be retroactively given back to the Native Americans and that the child... Can I just say child molestation? Because this chimo thing <laughs> is a bit uh, troubling. I'm just going to say child molestation. Not that it's not cuter if I say chimo. Was outside of state jurisdiction. Dude, this is one of those cases where, I mean, they weren't even arguing that he didn't do it. You <laughs> exactly. just, you're just hoping for like Samuel L. Jackson to come in guns blazing yeah. to take the guy out. This really does prove that attorneys don't give a fuck. They just want to win a case, regardless exactly. of what they need to do. Exactly. They will even side with Native Americans. That's how bad. <laughs> that's that's how low they will go. So they conceded that he molested whoever he was. Did they concede that? And then. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was already doing 20 years and he was in for 20 years. So the facts of the case were that he diddled a four year old. He pleaded guilty, no contest, whatever. And then 20 years later, it was like, well, this defense attorney guy had nothing else going on. So why don't we try to re argue the case on a legal basis that the crime did not take place in the legal territory that convicted him? And then it's just this obscure fucking law snowballed. They got appeal after appeal. They kept winning in smaller courts, bumping up to the next circuit judge. Well, bam, landed on the Supreme Court case, and now half of Oklahoma is fucking gone. Is but it really? So, I mean, you'd think Trump would be on Twitter being like, he's defending statues, but he's not defending half of Oklahoma? <laughs> Dude, he tried to get a rally in Oklahoma, and fucking the people on TikTok fucking trolled the shit out of him, and no one showed up. So he's not doing Oklahoma any favors. Can you yeah. think of any bigger waste of a law degree than being like... I'm going to go defend this convicted child molester. Yeah, that was what you always dreamed of doing as you were a kid. Although, although yeah. in a weird way, that I mean, cut the child, the chidemo part out of it. And <laughs> it really is like a, a real case for justice. We just, just said, fuck it, that treaty is not good. We just didn't care and we took their land. So in a way, there is justice. It, yeah, I yeah. mean, kind of like when we dropped those bombs on Japan so they wouldn't die of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> 
I, I mean, to be fair, though, they could have waited and gotten some poor guy out of a DUI, you know what I mean? And not, <laughs> not a kid diddler out of prison. <laughs> but is that the way, I mean, I'm, I'm ignorant about how Native American reservations work, but did they just have their own laws where yeah, the, the state just doesn't have jurisdiction as to any crimes that happen within those borders? Yeah, that's right. They have basically, like, they, they smoke a peace pipe and they have wigwams, but they don't hold a lot of prisoners. <laughs> So they're just like mostly like, is everyone cool? Is everyone all right? Okay, we're we're gonna we're cool. We're just gonna drop it. What do they do on the reservations if there's the same crimes? If there's rape and murder and child molestation, they I think they I have mean, a I lot of the same laws. It's it's strictly I think a jurisdictional thing. Wow. Yeah, I don't know much about it honestly, Tom. But I mean, the wigwams I don't think want to hold like a lot of prisoners. But I mean, maybe there's more to it. I, I don't know. Ignorant white guy over here for the record. So right. Who knows? God, you think that Dan Snyder ought to use this as a twist and be like, we're changing the Redskins name because they don't care about child molestation. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I know. But this is, this is so fucking weird, though. It'd be like if you try to do reparations, uh, reparations for all the Holocaust survivors. But the catch is we just have to release David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, first. Like, it's just the weirdest twist to it, yes. where the whole thing works. There are those a gold rush of people looking to duel, murder, and purge in this lawless land. You have to be a Native American in order to commit the crimes, or if you're some white guy that's on their land, can you also a, commit crimes? That's a great question. I don't think it's a matter of, uh, that you can do the crime. I think it's just that they should be the ones to prosecute you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the classic hack of having anal sex under the covers, <laughs> and it won't count because God can't see you. And now suddenly Oklahoma is a tourist destination. <laughs> that's yeah, how we that's... get the economy back on track. <laughs> this whole story makes me uncomfortable. It's going to take us forever to figure out how to steal this land back. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But now we can go purge, right? If we want to kill somebody, just invite them on vacation with you to fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then you can get away with fucking a murder. I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case. I don't think you're, I think that the tribal land, they still have laws. Yeah, they might just execute you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the actual punishment from the actual tribe. Should bring scalping back for somebody like that. You know? <laughs> By the way, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the use of the word hack over and over as a comedian. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is the classic hack. Uh, I thought that was insert a guy yeah. doing hands behind the back and has a flashlight and yells at the crowd. Insert yeah. that kind of name there. Insert whoever's headlining at the Tulsa Looney Bin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you're not going to like this next segment because next segment, my friend, is Unethical Life Hacks. Okay. Each week, we scrape the bells of the internet to find the most amazing life hacks for those brave enough to dare. So set your moral compasses south and join us for this special edition of Unethical Life Hacks. Hate turning your phone to silent in the movie theater? Record yourself farting and set that as your ringtone. Make sure to have at least four different farts to keep it believable and have them spaced out a bit. Oh, yeah, because that would be less embarrassing just if people look at you after a fart sound. Yeah. I put my phone on silent fart. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just oozes out a smell. That's right. <laughs> my phone calls like silent a... but deadly. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you do have a ringer go off in the movie theater, everyone will give you those evil eyes. But if they just hear a bunch of farting, they're going to be like, oh, this, this fucker just ate a damn burrito or something. And then you can just use, gross, sorry, guys, my bad. Is like code words to like talk to your friends on the phone. 
What if you're just like a real asshole and and you actually answer the phone? People are like this guy just starts into conversations every time he farts. Exactly. <laughs> Remember how Remember? much it used to bug the shit out of you when somebody's when somebody was on their phone in a store or their phone rang oh, yeah. at a comedy club or in a theater? Oh, it's just like you're the rudest person ever. And now it's like you just, what are movie it's theaters? Fine. Oh, not fine, but it's. Just okay. I remember the the when uh, people would wear Bluetooth all the time. They were the targets of hate for a long time as well. Oh, dude, this no, people yeah, that would never the, take off their Bluetooth that. headset off at all times. They would have it on. Dude, those are the people I want to take to Oklahoma and fucking get a clean fucking murder on. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Tom said he was uncomfortable with the hack stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you bump into an attractive lady in an elevator. Ask, Miss, can I smell your pussy? If she responds with a disappointed no, finish with, Guess it was your feet. This sounds like some sort of vaudevillian joke. Yeah, we really are taking this hack thing to the comedic level now. With, first of all, <laughs> this whole segment so far was written before COVID because we're in elevators and movie theaters right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what exactly what I was thinking too. Because if you, yeah, you can't be in an elevator close enough to somebody. You should be wearing a mask first of all. Like, see, now <laughs> now we're gonna be dated. Now, like, yeah. if anybody hears this podcast a year from now, they'll be like, "What? That doesn't make any sense. You wear a mask. How are you gonna fucking smell that pussy?" Well, so, you know, no, but if you if you keep going around doing this, I mean, when you get out of jail, imagine the horror <laughs> to find out how many bloggers' careers you launched. <laughs> yeah. So in a COVID environment, if you use this pickup line in an elevator and you were wearing masks, it probably takes on a completely different meaning now that I think about it. Well, I like how you assume this was a pickup line. <laughs> I'm a romantic, Carlos. What can I say? I am a gynecologist and I am concerned. <laughs> yeah. This, nowhere on this life hack does it say it's a pickup line. But you just, that's how you seduce the women. I thought that was obvious, bro. This is okay. very similar in parallel to the way that I met my wife, actually. I guess it was your feet. It's, it's kind of a funny line. I just can't imagine. Imagine you ever getting away with the first line. Yeah, no, yeah. this is like from a Red Fox album. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping up with the theme of hacks. Social anxiety hack. Help your hubs get over his social anxiety. Buy him a pastel onesie romper every man secretly wants but is too afraid to wear. Then make him wear it in public. He will get so many high fives that he will have no choice but to stop being a little bitch. This hack also works best if you have life insurance because... He's definitely going to catch the COVID from all those high fives. Okay, wow. now we're on COVID. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've we, yeah, back we've updated it. So you guys hip to the onesie rompers. I cannot see myself marrying somebody that would force me to wear a pastel onesie romper. Yeah, I mean, you'll never, you'll never know until you're three months in that relationship. I mean, onesie romper, sure, but pastels, come on. So that's the line for you, Bobby. The <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make a spectacle of myself. This just doesn't sound viable to me unless you just met your wife by asking her if you could smell her pussy. <laughs> that's the only way I can see yourself getting stuck with a wife that's like, all right, I can pretty much dominate you into wearing a pastel onesie yes. romper. By the way, what if she answers yes <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> then I don't get to do my foot joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no, you, you, oh, shit, you weren't. All right, next. You just got to wait for the... <laughs> you get divorced because she keeps stepping on your punchlines? <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I had a little boy, when my boy was little, I used to be envious of that, of the onesie rompers. You know what I mean? Like, 
I was like, dude, it would be so cool to just step out of bed, step into a thing, zip, and then I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody tells you how cute you are all the time. Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to put shoes on, right? Because they got got footsies. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I don't know. I think I'd be a little nervous that maybe some people out there would just think you're trying to wrestle all the time. Hey everybody, just another reminder that we are on social media. We are on Facebook at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, and YouTube. Take it, Ian. (laughs) YouTube, we have this zany username. 20 or 30 characters long alphanumeric and you yeah, want to yeah, read just, this Carlos? Just, yeah just tell them what it is Ian. yeah dude so it's uh, uh okay i got it on a couple or of bobby do you know it off the top of your head uh, no but i think that's what people love in plugs this long-winded explanation i've got it's you uh uppercase you welcome to the indecorous podcast indecorous means there you go perfect it's so upper- you guys got that <laughs> and we have a patreon as well and that's just patreon.com slash indecorous comedy and we have three levels we got slag for three dollars as a way of saying thank you you get access to all of our amazing content on patreon where we have exclusive content we have early releases if you want to do a little more for us we'll do a little more for you that's lot lizard tier finally if you want to really have the full penetration experience then we have the dignified scholarly courtesan tier it's ten dollars and for that, you get all the perks of the lower tiers, as well as getting signed autographed shit, and we'll even let you pitch his idea for the show. Why do we not have a tier called the full penetration experience? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Those are the real MVPs, are the <laughs> ones that get the full and penetration experience. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, you can pitch us new tier levels that we will start adding based yeah, on your... Exactly. Yeah, that should be it. If you support us on Patreon, you get to name your own tier. It is- <laughs> Like give it a hundred thousand dollar tier where you just take over the podcast altogether. And <laughs> yeah, dude. We don't we do just it anymore. And, yeah, <laughs> it could be it's the Jeff Buy out now. our podcast. That's a tier. Hostile takeover tier. <laughs> Hostile penetration tier. Hostile penetration tier. <laughs> All right, moving on to our main topic this week. Rural Americans have an unquenchable need for tacky religious tchotchkes. Whether it's a Jesus-faced cross-stitch quilt or a goofy-as-fuck poster that reads, This girl runs on cupcakes and Jesus. There is a reliable demographic in this country that keeps consuming this garish crap because it makes them feel more wholesome. And let's face it, if there is a God, he keeps score and judges you based solely on how much God swag you accumulate and litter all over your house. Well, one company knew this and built an entire Christian junk empire on this idea. This is the dark history of Hobby Lobby. Actually, I'm glad we had that intro because that was going to be my first question. I've never been to Hobby Lobby and I don't know what they actually sell there. Yeah, this is great. I'd like some Hobby Lobby history too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Bobby's got it. David Green was born a preacher's son and grew up indoctrinated in a very Christian family. As an adult, he had two passions in life, God and money, and not providing his employees health insurance. God and money are his two yeah. words. Like, literally, they're at opposites. I can't tell you how many times in the Bible Jesus preaches against money and the rich. And I think it's in, in Luke where he's like, 
truly I tell you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And yeah. I love how it, like yep. that's one of those things where he specifically says, truly I tell you, like all the shit he was saying <laughs> in fucking Paul was made up. You know what I mean? But yeah, this yeah, is yeah, important. Yeah, like, like I, know, I was fucking around before, but this one I'm serious about. Yes. <laughs> and it's over <laughs> and over. The say that your two things are God and money, you couldn't be further apart. It's yep. My thing is Nazis and Jews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the more somebody talks about one, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. The more somebody talks about God, the richer they're trying to get. Like it's uh, like these prosperity preachers with it. It's just yeah. same crap. Uh, it's like the best way to be a prosperity preacher is to get your congregation to never open their fucking Bibles and read what these really <laughs> says about it. Yeah. It's so annoying. And I know you're an atheist, so you're just, you know, you throw Jesus out with the bathwater or whatever. But mm -hmm. I just think there's stuff to be learned. I don't think you don't care about my religious beliefs, but you don't. It's just, if that's your guy and that's your hero, fucking at least do what he said. Oh, no, I believe it. I actually agree with that. Jesus seemed like a pretty cool dude to me. If he actually yeah. existed, I don't know if there's any way of proving that or not. But if he did, it seemed like he was a pretty cool dude. But his words just get twisted. He was definitely against money. And he was for the poor. And he couldn't have been more clear on mocking the rich. Well, they read the anti-gay stuff loud and clear. Right. <laughs> moved on. Yeah, the American Bible has a fucking scribble mark over all that other shit. So it's, you know. <laughs> In 1972, he found a way to monetize his God passion, and he opened up the first Hobby Lobby store right in the middle of God's country in Oklahoma. Well, <sighs> formerly God's country. Right. Native Americans are getting it back. <laughs> yeah, now, now it's heathen country. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I hope uh, the first thing that they decide in whatever the tribes are in Oklahoma is they decide to fucking shut down Hobby Lobby. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, listen, we'll tolerate child molestation, but Hobby Lobby, get the fuck yes. out of here with your shit. <laughs> Green accurately predicted that if he built a store full of gaudy religious-themed reefs, silk flowers, and ceramic junk, southern elderly women would be drawn to this shit like flies to a rotting corpse. Green was correct, and within 20 years, there were 50 stores across the country filling people's homes with tacky religious-themed oh, junk. Oh, my God. That's such so a fucking... They sell him out so much. I'm surprised they don't have, like, hey, Jimmy, you know, there's a lot of Christians in the world. It's one of the biggest religions in the world. Everybody's having sex, Christians included. Okay? So what we need is some what-would-Jesus-do sex toys. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Little WWJD thong. You know what I mean? Some what-would-Jesus-do KY jelly? Because come on, Jesus wouldn't fuck you dry. Let's sell this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only what? is he fleecing these fellow Christians, but he's doing it with Chinese child labor. <laughs> I didn't know that's what Hobby Lobby was. I didn't know they had... It was about religious trinkets. Yeah, dude, he just found... This dude found a way to monetize elderly women's tacky taste and fucking everything from soap flowers to reefs. And it's just a junk shop. I mean, it's technically the world's, or I'm sorry, the country's largest Chopsky junk shop. And they've got a thousand locations. They sell like $5 billion worth of just crap every year. This is a little bit unrelated, but I was in West Virginia once and we went to a dollar store. And on the outside, they had their, their really like for sale shit, which, you know, it's a dollar <laughs> store, which... It's like, how can it get any cheaper sort of thing? It's like, it's almost like, we'll pay you to take this shit. Sort of dollar store clearance section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, how can it get? And one of the things that they had, they had like fucking 15 of these motherfuckers were pictures 
of black Virgin Mary holding black baby Jesus, and wow. somehow those didn't sell in West Virginia. Wow. Oh, man. That's, that's I ended surprised. up just taking one, and I was trying to pay for it. Like, I went inside, and nobody cared, so I just fucking took it. <laughs> All right, so. In 2012, Green sued the government and won one of the most controversial legal cases of all time. The Supreme Court ultimately sided with Green and his belief that corporations could have religious beliefs and that Hobby Lobby's religious beliefs was that women should not have the right to birth control. Green was angered by the idea that some of his 15,000 full-time employees might deny stork baby Jesus the right to make babies from every sexy time. He viewed this as blasphemy. Yeah, I mean, you gotta raise the next generation of desperate people looking for a minimum wage job. Yeah, that's right. It's It's creating more future customers. I mean, I get, yeah, the more babies these people have, the more future idiot customers he's going to have to take advantage of. Shit bugs me so much, man. I mean, we're defund the police. They need to defund the churches. They need to. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're supposed to have a separation of church and state. Do we need church and state to be at least as separate as Jesus' message and evangelicals? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the schism has to be at least that low. Yes. They are the most, they're an untaxed fucking lobby. 90% 90 of them vote for in a block. They have an unfair advantage to oppress the rest of the country with their ideals when they are a minority and they have an advantage. They're untaxed. They get to spend all that money influencing government and writing laws and creating this huge lobby of cult fucking idiots like franklin graham that oh uh, yeah god these they're so the christians in this country look at donald trump and see a follower of jesus how do you see between obama and trump you see trump as being the more christian i don't give a fuck if Obama is a secret Muslim, he's still more Christian than Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Even if he was a secret Muslim, yes. he'd still be more Christian. Yeah, absolutely. It's mind-boggling. Did you hear this? I mean, I haven't read enough about it, but I saw the headline that the Catholic Church got over a billion dollars yeah. in those small business relief funds. Oh yeah, dude. Like, you guys don't even crazy. pay taxes, and you're yeah. benefiting on government programs. Because they have undue influence, because they have all that untaxed money that they then put into writing laws and buying governments. It's a huge problem that I think people way underestimate. A lot of people endorse it. Yes. It's the church. They must be doing something good, Tom. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How many thousands of years of proof do we need of this shit? They're not. Yeah. Hey, listen, all right? God works in mysterious ways with mysterious <laughs> financial backing. That's true. That's true. God's got mysterious lobbyists. <sighs> so, so to set the backdrop for this legal precedent, just to give you guys some context, 2010 was Citizens United. That established that corporations were people. And now in 2012, this established that corporations can have religious beliefs. I'm starting to think that this whole America thing is... <laughs> Field experiment. Yes. Same. <laughs> Shit isn't working out. You know what I'm saying? So after winning his high profile religious freedom case, Green became emboldened and believed that he could get away with forcing his religious beliefs everywhere without consequence. So next, he tried to put a strict religious curriculum into public schools in Oklahoma. He figured if he greased the pockets of the school board members and made a huge donation, he could write a Christian Bible studies curriculum and force it on every high schooler. And he was right. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it gets better. This worked for a while. 
He was crushing it with the fucking forced Bible cock right on everyone's throat until he publicly bragged about his indoctrination program, at which point the buzzkill ACLU sued the school districts and removed all of his religious propaganda. Can't a rich guy just do whatever the hell he wants? I thought this was America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Citizen United thing because that's basically what allows a lot of this shit to happen. Yeah, dude. Is yeah. the fact that so much money is allowed into politics. And so, yeah, of course, like Tom was saying, it's like, oh, these religious people are making shitloads of money on tax, which they can then funnel into lobbying to make even more money. Yep. Yeah. I think until a corporation can donate a kidney, we need to shut that shit down. <laughs> yeah, funny. no kidding. Yeah and, yeah, and here's another thing. If a company like Wells Fargo is a corporation and they commit a felony, well, if you do that as a citizen, in some states, you lose your right to vote, you lose your right to, to public money, you lose your right to housing, you lose your right to... So if a company's yeah. convicted, they should lose all of their influence. You shouldn't be the able in to influence government. You shouldn't be able to <clears throat> lobby or give to a politician or any of that shit. What's funny is that, yeah, a lot of these companies, and at least at the beginning, when they get incorporated, they get incorporated so the individuals can't be liable. I mean, that's what an LLC is, a limited liability yeah. company. So they, they do this so the individuals aren't liable for a lot of the consequences but yet they still want to be treated as uh, as entities yeah as individual entities when it comes to something that is in their own benefit yeah they're just like the churches they don't want to pay the taxes but they want the tax money of yeah, course yeah exactly <laughs> so tom can take us on this next one here so after this fucking hobby lobby <laughs> asshole realized he couldn't just force kids into believing his religious views he did the next best thing and he created a bible and christianity museum Green became a Bible-thumping yeah. Indiana Jones, scoured the world to collect various religious relics. Obviously, since the whole religion is made up, he couldn't have put anything in the museum, and it would have made no difference. But Green wanted the good shit, so he illegally purchased and smuggled a bunch of stolen holy artifacts out of Iraq, which is apparently the one commandment of thou shalt not steal. Apparently, the one commandment of thou shalt not steal wasn't one of the stolen artifacts. Oh, that's a funny line. I, th yeah, it's funny. I just, the only joke in that paragraph and I messed it up. <laughs> that's, I, I was wondering about that because, well, I mean, not, not recently, but when that whole shit happened, when we invaded Iraq, we finally fucking got to Baghdad. People were raiding the museums. I, was, I, I always wondered, like, what happened to all that shit? Yeah, rich assholes bought all that shit and yeah. try to claim that it was real magical Bible shit. And they open up a museum, Carlos. It, yeah, some of it's in all of Joel Osteen's various mansions. Strewn <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> you know, so when I was in Iraq, when I went to Iraq to perform in like 04 or 05, they brought us to a place called Ur, which is where... Um, oh, yeah, like Ur, like you are, right? Yeah, it's so that's the spot that, or the village or whatever where Abraham started them all. He started all the religions, basically, you know what I mean? Because before then it was... Everybody had multiple religions, and he sort of started monotheism. Out of Abraham came, obviously, came Judaism and mm -hmm. Christianity, and then there. So it all started there, and so that was that was kind of cool to walk around and be like, ah, this lump of dirt is where it all started. You know what I mean? <laughs> all the crazy. So it's just some big marketing guy was like, we got to rebrand all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you write the Ur roller coaster? <laughs> no, they didn't have that yet. I think we, that was that was that was. 
That was taken by the protesters or the <laughs> right before they went to the museum. That's very interesting, though, because it's like because of modern history, we just think of Iraq because of these last wars that we've had with them. But Iraq, it is the cradle of civilization. That's basically where civilization started. So this dude could have putting the literal Jesus cross in his museum and no one would have known the difference because it just made up some bullshit. But he actually smuggled national treasures from Iraq because he was thinking, we got grenades blowing up their kids. They want mine. They've got bigger problems. I'll just steal a bunch of their shit. No one will care. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was a, a thing recently where some people were getting mad <laughs> because people are talking about Jesus doesn't look like the white guy that you see in all these paintings probably because he was from the <laughs> yeah. middle east right. yeah. but of course these conservatives are getting mad because like no of course jesus had blue eyes and blonde hair or whatever the fuck <laughs> and then somebody pulled up i was like well look at this and then they pulled up the picture of the shroud of turin like that's yeah. fucking evidence of what jesus actually looked like right yeah <laughs> pull that shit up i was like oh look it's game set and match you pulled a thing that's been proven to be fake for fucking hundreds <laughs> of years yeah <laughs> Yeah, and besides, everybody knows that Jesus looks just like Tim Tebow. (laughs) The greatest trick the devil ever pulled, right? What was that? That that making people think he didn't exist? That's right. The greatest trick Jesus ever pulled was making everybody think he was white. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That was his ultimate marketing move. Yes. Well, they had to pretend he was white so they could steal everybody's money. (laughs) Back to the money thing. There we go. So over a 10-year period, Green purchased magic ruins, holy artifacts, and any religious texts from hundreds of dubious dealers with virtually no authentication or vetting. To remedy the issue of owning these cheap forgeries, Green commissioned inexperienced scholars to declare that everything was real and right from the Bible. This played for a few years until authorities found out about the stolen artifacts from Iraq. It turns out around 5,000 pieces in the Bible Museum were stolen so Green was forced to give them back and pay a $3 million fine, which was easy to do because he was probably charging 60 bucks a head. To right, get exactly. Green downplayed this and reminded the media that kids could still get photos taken with a cardboard cutout of Jesus at the museum. <laughs> of white Jesus. Of yeah. white Jesus. <laughs> These people need to be tortured Inquisition style. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, I, yeah. I can't even explain how mad the, it just it makes me. Den of Thieves type shit, you know? But the way that he pulled this caper off is like if you posted some shit on social media that you think is awesome and it gets like zero likes. So you use a burner account to go and comment on your shit. Like, right on, my dude, that shit was fire. That's pretty much what this guy did. (laughs) Nope. I've been posted for seven years. Nobody's ever wrote right on, dude. This shit is fired. I'm friending you right now because I want to see that. In my yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go back through every one of your posts, Ian. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I give sweet-ass validation to my bros. I mean, I'm, I'm really generous with that shit. Dude, I love the way you talk. Yeah, man. Wait, 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 wait till this podcast drops. That's all you're going to see on your Facebook now, dude. Yeah, Ian, you're starting to talk like you're on your way to a COVID party. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want friends, lifelong <laughs> friends for my short life. So given the transparent pro-Christian purpose of the museum, the government denied Green a nonprofit status the first time he tried to file in 2010. So in 2012, they restated the purpose of the museum and toned down the Christian shit to get the nonprofit status and the tax advantage that comes with that. The hypocrisy was not lost on his critics who point out that at every turn, Green tries to shove the Christian God's dick down everyone's throat unless it's on his own dime. Then all of a sudden, he is pro-secular slash anti-religion. 
Now we know the real higher power that Green believes in is money. Isn't it ironic that his last name is Green, huh? Yes. Green. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, and we knew that. He said right at the beginning, I started his two things were God and money. You know what I mean? Which yep. shows you, right? You can go down this list, and as the more you go, the more you see evil fuck every paragraph. Evil fuck, evil fuck, evil fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Did you these, expect these, any lists? These people get the best of both worlds, too, because they get all the money, they get rich, and all these idiots think they're like a really good person. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. So what he does is he creates this very obviously religious museum and then it doesn't fly the nonprofit test. So the government's like, nope, you got to fucking file as a legitimate company and pay all the taxes. And then he's like, well, shit, now we have to tone down all this religious stuff and kind of sneak it through there. So they had to like tell the employees, hey, guys, you can't call all this magic Jesus stuff real anymore. You have to just be like, yeah, it's just stuff. And then they finally got the non-exempt status and they don't have to pay any taxes on that shit. I just picture him getting that denial letter for the nonprofit status. And he's like, what? Give me that lawyer that got that child molester off. (laughs) (laughs) So even though the Bible Museum is technically not a religious entity for tax purposes, back over at Hobby Lobby, Green makes every employee sign an agreement that they will take any work-related disputes to third-party religious mediation. Most cases, That's a thing? So... In most cases, the mediation is done by local churches that Hobby Lobby have on their payroll, and they squash the complaints of all their employees and keep these out of the court. They've had numerous cases of gender discrimination, discrimination against employees with disabilities, and unpaid overtime cases. In just about every case, the church leaders sided with Hobby Lobby and told employees that they just needed to pray more and suck it up for the greater good. The greater good, of course, being lining David Green's pocket who's reportedly worth about $6 billion. I don't, know, I don't know how you can get away with it, that you can that mediation done through local churches. Private companies can do any fucking thing yeah. they want. Because if you can get away with this, then you can just be like, oh, I'm going to start a company, and if you have any issues with me, you have to go through the indecorous comedy mediation <laughs> forum. <laughs> and then I'm just like, hey, Bobby, Ian, yeah, this person thinks I'm an asshole. What do you guys think? <laughs> I I mean, they're probably right. (laughs) But no, we got your back, bro. This person's a real D-bag. Carlos is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. You would be like, hey, Carlos is fire. (laughs) Word. But I love it whenever religion and capitalism can come together for the greater good of screwing over lower income workers. It's what Jesus would do for sure. Absolutely. I'm just, I, I can tell you this. I am never not shopping at Hobby Lobby. I've never shopped there in the first place, but now I'm never, <laughs> I'm never doing it. I'm never, it's just, and every time I, was, I drive by there, I'm going to get mad now. So wait, wait, yeah. Tom, before you reserve judgment, you get to take us home on this last point here. This one might just sell you. They're an awesome company. Okay. Go ahead. All right. This is what turns it around. When the pandemic first hit in the United States, businesses were shutting down either voluntarily or by force. And David Green told all the store managers that they had to stay open. And he justified this by telling everyone that his wife had always been a prayer warrior. And recently, God came to her in a vision and told her that they needed to stay open. So without considering the science, which I can't even believe anybody thought he would do in the first place, (laughs) his loopy wife's daydream was justification to put thousands of people's lives at risk. Now, he could have just said he was an anti-science Republican who loves money and doesn't give a fuck about the safety of the working poor. But instead, he took this opportunity to show the world 
that he's also a brainwashed moron that believes in magic. So yeah. that was just clever misdirection on my part. So yeah, he, he's still a big piece of shit. Oh sorry. yeah, I did think that was good. he was going to turn it around. Like I read the pandemic, and I was like, he probably donated like three billion of his dollars, or at least one. Nope, he found a way to profit more on people dying. Well, I mean, his wife is a prayer warrior. I didn't know. So give it up for the troops, yes. for the prayer warrior troops. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I mean, once you step foot in the Hobby Lobby doors, you are protected from COVID. <laughs> yeah, now, that's right. You're protected by prayer. Now, do you know if any of his people, if there was any outbreaks in his stores? Just herpes. <laughs> yeah, we don't have statistics on that, but I mean, we can assume it's probably at least 3 to 5% of all the non-essential workers, like with any retail shop. I mean... That's kind of where a lot of the cases are coming from. So, yeah, for sure, there's people, the little fucking frontline people getting hit with this shit. And he's just raking in the dough, telling him, I've got prayers. I can fix it. Just keep going out there and selling trinkets. I want to dress like Jesus. And I'm getting there because I got long hair now after being in this <laughs> thing. And just go into a Hobby Lobby and trash the place. Start turning over tables and say, you know. <laughs> Let which, me know when you do that. I'll bring a camera. We'll fucking videotape it. Would that be, it would be great to go in there and just be like, look what you've done to my father's house. And just start <laughs> flipping shit over and just being like quoting the Bible as you're as you're destroying the bankers and the, <laughs> the money changers in this place. That would be fantastic. <laughs> if you could make a, you could go viral. Just That'll be your YouTube channel. It's just fucking going from Hobby Lobby to Hobby Lobby. Just fucking just wrecking the place. <laughs> dressed as Jesus. Dressed as Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I will say, though, like even going back to the copy here, is that even though the dude's a dick, I would have more respect for him if he was just like, listen, I don't give a fuck. You got to come to work because I, I need to make money. But what makes him an even bigger douche is him trying to pull off this whole thing of like, no, it's God that's told us that you have <laughs> yeah. to keep working. Exactly, bro. My wife's a prayer warrior, all this other bullshit. I was like, come on, just come out and be a fucking dick, man. I'd have more respect for you that way. Yeah, God dude. says I don't have enough yachts. <laughs> all right, moving on to our final topic of the week, Pornhub comments. Each week, we heroically watch hundreds of hours of porn just to find these gems. The noble task of sitting through countless hours of bukkake, cuckolding, and senseless midget gangbangs, just to bring you the best Pornhub comments of the week. Can we re-listen to that intro again? Yeah, it was a <laughs> yeah, it's, cut off. It's been a long time since Stom's heard sounds like that. Shit. That's my sister right there. All right, and then... the longest we've ever done that it's getting harder and harder to tell where ian's sister ends and where he begins <laughs> <laughs> i'll drop the fun backstory on that one maybe on episode 50 carlos if you ever get there. all right uh this comes to us from verified renee robbins i was going to finger myself but instead i cried because of the cuteness bruh my heart nutted instead so this porn video was so cute that it Drove her to tears. 
Yeah, dude, probably teen porn, I guess. I mean, you know, they have like teddy bears and shit sometimes, little frilly fucking outfits. I squirted, but just out of my eyes. <laughs> it was just a clip from Milo and Otis. Now, dude, I was right. I was right. Look, I found the sauce. Teen virgin gently deflowered. Boom. You ever see a video and there's like a share button on the video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm on the porn you, site, they, people, there's people on there, they would be on Facebook, and they, they have their friends list, and they all sit around and talk porn, I guess? Yeah, yeah. They... So a fun fact, Tom, we're actually on Pornhub ourselves. We have, Indecorous Comedy has a channel, and we've got over 30 videos. We created a channel on Pornhub, and then just put up audio from our podcast on it. Really? And the audio is just this segment right here of those reading Pornhub comments, so it's very meta. It's got a sort of recursive fucking loop. Yeah, oh, we put it on neat. there. You get comments on that that we can read? You know what? That's funny. I haven't checked. I don't know if we have, but what I do know is that we've gotten a shitload more views on that than any of our YouTube postings. <laughs> yeah, dude, like at least a thousand views. And I think Carlos has his own every category, like fisting, gangbangs, DP. Oh, yeah, yeah. I put us on all us the everywhere. categories. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. So you could be in any category and we'd pop up probably. Yep. Okay. We're disappointing every single category. All right. This is from Howard the Alien. Now this is a man of God. He did not have premarital sex with that fine lady. He used a loophole of anal. I pray that one day I may be as great as him. So it was probably that green guy from Hobby Lobby. Yeah, right. yeah, dude. Or or just commit a murder in Oklahoma because it doesn't count now. Same kind of difference. Yeah, I this think. Is, no, but this... you know this, right? You know that this is from the Bible. That right? That that was a form of contraception in the Bible. That was okay. You can. You, was anal it? sex doesn't count against your virginity or doesn't count as having premarital sex. That's the real life hack. That's See, the... I've heard I've heard that before, but you're saying it is actually stated in the Bible. Uh, that's where I'm almost positive it comes. I don't want to state that because I can't quote where it's from, but that's my understanding. It, that, is that it's in the yeah, Bible? It? And it's like there's like a whole chapter on anal in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> so it's like. Um, yeah, Kostaki used to have a joke. He's like, "Do you want to use a condom or baby, or do you want to go?" old school like <laughs> <laughs> oh, old testament on this shit yes. it's a pretty awesome way of thinking that you can just like hide under the covers and fucking have anal sex and then god can't see you it's like you're smarter than god just tricking god all these fake cuss words you're golly shucks heck do hickey god's like i i, I was i was about to get oh he, he tricked me he tricked he used a fake word i can't, I can't. like this is and, you know i guess this one's the funniest because it's on a sexual extreme but don't jews do this sort of shit all the time to try to get around the <laughs> sabbath like oh, you can't yeah. use electricity yes. or you can't use technology so they're like yes come out with exactly. it's almost like a rube goldberg of how to turn on a light <laughs> <laughs> Just so it's kosher or whatever the fuck. Dude, my I, I just got a new refrigerator and it has a Sabbath mode. Really? Uh, Are you, you serious? Yeah, I swear. What? Yeah, it is a Wi-Fi connected fucking refrigerator that's got a Sabbath mode. What is that? How mean? does that work? It plays Black Sabbath. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. what I set it to do, but. <laughs> Huh. It's kind of like with elevators and stuff. I think they can have it going to where, oh, the elevator still works. We just don't know which floor it's going to. It's just operating all day, and we hope we get on and get to the right one. They're just, they spend every Saturday trying to trick God. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, I forget who told the story when I was living in New York City, and I'm going to butcher it because it's been too long, but it was something like they were walking around in some part of New York that had a lot of Hasidic Jews. And one of them was out on the street trying to get somebody to go into the apartment, and they were desperate. 
And it was something like they needed somebody to go upstairs with them because somewhere in the apartment, there was somebody that was having a medical issue, but they couldn't use the phone to call 911. So they had to get somebody else to dial the number so they could get a fucking ambulance over yeah. there. So, yeah, that's how you get around anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would trick somebody to come upstairs with you. Mm-hmm. Tom, this has been awesome. You got some shit you want to promote, plug, any social medias you want hey, to pitch? Hey, you can check me out on the Indecorous podcast. I don't know when this will be out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do a thing. I'm mostly on Facebook is where I do most of my writing, my comedy writing and, and bitching about the world on Tom Simmons on Facebook. And then I put out videos with Danny Bevins where we basically record our phone conversations. He's a great comic. It's basically like an open mic every day as we kind of when we put them out. Other than that, if comedy ever starts back up, I'll do comedy again. And I have comedy albums available and on iTunes and all the channels and stuff. Other than that, I'm making no money as a comedian. <laughs> Isn't that your albums are like you're dropping the N-word left and right is what I heard? <laughs> on one of them, yes. Not left and right, just left. But there, it's, just done, left, just it's left. done in a way that if you close your eyes and pretend that it's a black guy telling it, you will laugh your ass off. <laughs> There's also that really great it, bit about segregated casinos. Actually, it's not. It's a bit about that. That bit is about back in the day when they were outlawing the N word, right? Back in the day when they were like, we're not going to allow it. They were fining people in New York. I don't, you don't need me to do the Oh, joke. wow. I did. That was a thing. See, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Yeah. So point. my joke then was like, they can't just cut that word off cold turkey like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> People have been using it. Chris Rock's going to have to rewrite his act. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Chris <laughs> yeah. Rock can't use it. Rappers can't use it. They're not going to just be able to quit cold turkey. They're going to have to come out with a niggerette patch. So you can edit that out. <laughs> that's great. And then it was that's so I would do great this joke. sort of, then I had a commercial that I did. So that's on a CD. It's a great fucking joke. And there's yeah. the other thing is like, you, well, we talked to this before the podcast started recording, but you used to do a lot of spots down in Atlanta at the Uptown Comedy Club, That's where right? I started, at Earthquake Club. I can't even fucking, I lived in Atlanta five, maybe five, six years. I was always too intimidated to ever do open mic there. Yeah, a lot of people were. Black comics, white comics. It's like, but that's where I could get up. And that's where I fell in love really with stand up. Just, and there's, I'm sorry, white people, black people, just, it's more satisfying when (laughs) the whole crowd is laughing and looking smack in the table and. (laughs) <laughs> I just yeah. I love it. I just you get the that boy's stupid. It's it's <laughs> there's a, there's a there's a, a weirder, deeper level of honesty that you can be with the crowds. And from my perspective and point of view, the crowds are also more open to criticizing the rest of the world. They're okay with you criticizing America. They're okay with you criticizing the government and being real. That was always yeah. important. And that and to me, that helped my comedy a lot to start there. And then it allowed yeah. me to be more real and in front of white people and have confidence that I'm like, you guys are wrong about this bit. This bit works. Tom, the thing that you do with Bevins, that's on Facebook? It is. He'll yeah. release them or I'll release them. You know, we just share them. And it's it's really just a Skype phone call between us two. And then he cuts okay. them up. We've just always thought we should just record our conversation because it's like this podcast. When you're talking with your friends... You're comfortable. You're the most funny you're probably ever going to be. And yeah, you know, I, I didn't even know you were doing that. I would love to check that out. Weren't you guys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you guys one, two at San Francisco? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. 
Yeah, Tom did the San Francisco comedy competition, and and if you guys don't know Danny Bevins, you definitely have to check out Danny Bevins. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's great. And just a reminder, he came in second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, I forgot. I neglected to. Uh, a fantastic that second. That's right. <laughs> Nobody ever remembers who comes in second place, Danny, except for now because I'm telling everybody. <laughs> you should. That's how you should build that show. Is like the winner of the San Francisco comedy competition, and then the other guy. Yes. Yes. He also won it a few years earlier, so this was his second time going back. So he didn't he didn't deserve to win anyway. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, you weren't in that other one. That's right. That's why he won it. That's right. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thanks it, a lot for it doing fun. it, man. It was fun. Yeah, appreciate you, you, dude. Good time. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Take care. You guys are spitting fire. <laughs> Carlos, Bobby, you guys got anything? I still don't have any shows, but if anybody wants to go and be my friend on Facebook, I'm at facebook.com slash Carlos Valencia. I need all the friends I can get because two more old timers want to beat me up. (laughs) And walk your cat. Uh, Bobby, I know you don't have anything, but you want to take a swing at something? No, I'm going to go figure out what the hell the Sabbath mode on my refrigerator does. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if it was you have to fucking sacrifice a baby? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Or I just turn it on, it's like... Bottom line here is we've really got to put a stop to this testing.